So a lot of things happened in November that I didn't really get to talk about because I was writing a book. And I really struggled with trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about first. Because, oh my goodness, so much happened. And I wanted to talk about all of it. So today, because it's kind of first and foremost in my mind right now, I want to talk about Star Wars The Mandalorian, chapters one through four, on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love, and yeah, my voice is cracking a lot, so that'll be fun. But the good news is, today's the first day I haven't had to use my decongestants, so progress. I'm just not completely back to 100%, but I'm working on it, I really am, I really want to be feeling better. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian, chapters 1 through 4. Don't worry, I will warn you before we go into spoiler territory, so if you haven't seen them yet, don't worry, you can stay on the podcast until we get to that point. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on, it really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we actually get to communicate with each other in real life. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. All right. Thank you to everybody who's already done that. So, John Favreau is making a Star Wars. I have to say, I was both excited and terrified by the very idea of that. Because mm, I, I've all my life I've wanted a Star Wars live action TV series. And it's not because I found the animated shows to be wanting or lesser. I think The Clone Wars is Star Wars kind of at its best in so many ways, and it has so many storylines and plot arcs that for me are superior to the movies. Like there's stuff that happens in the Clone Wars, from Ahsoka's development to how, I mean, Asajj Ventress is one of the best villains. Her and, uh, well, Darth Maul and some of the others that are in there. It really is, to me, quintessential Star Wars. And more often than not, when I think about Star Wars, I think about the Clone Wars before I think about the movies. I also really like Star Wars Rebels. I think Resistance aimed for a younger target market and I don't know they may or may not have hit it I don't know it's it's, it's not a bad show but I, I don't think I, I think it's sillier than it needed to be I don't think you have to make Star Wars silly but mainly because Star Wars has always had inherent humor to it but eh, I'm not the biggest fan I still watch it I still like it but it is what it is and John Favreau I, I am like 
a big fan of Favreau's work. I have liked him for a very long time. I enjoyed him as an actor. I've enjoyed him as a director. I love his chef show on Netflix. Like, I'm a big fan of Jon Favreau. And it's not that I didn't think that he could pull this off. It was more when I found out that they were doing a show about the Mandalorians that I got really concerned because as I've argued on this podcast and in real life and at conventions for years, the problem with the Mandalorians is that most people, when they think about them, if they think about them at all, they think about Boba Fett and Boba Fett one technically isn't a Mandalorian really because he doesn't follow the Mandalorian's way of life. And that's a whole other topic to get into. But he's also just bad at it. And for everyone who thinks that Boba Fett is just this like amazing character, Return of the Jedi just kind of shows, like he doesn't really do anything in Empire Strikes Back, and he shows himself to be kind of a bumbling idiot in, in, in Return of the Jedi. And so he's not really a good example of the Mandalorians. Now, Sabine Wren, on the other hand, is a wonderful, wonderful Mandalorian character. And there have been a couple others in the books as well. But I I was really concerned because, one, I was hoping it would not be about Boba Fett. And so far, at least, as far as we can tell, the show is definitely not about Boba Fett. And that, that, I think, is a good thing. And the fact that they are really kind of zeroing in on Death Watch, I I think is a very interesting way to look at the Mandalorians. Because one of the things that we learned through the Clone Wars, and again through Rebels, is that there are multiple factions of Mandalorians. And our titular hero, the Mandalorian, really fits more into the mold of what Clan Vizsla was wanting to do and what Death Watch was doing. And we have gotten a few Death Watch names name checked in the series, which means they're living by the old ways. And that meaning primarily that you cannot show anyone your face, that the helmet stays on. And I think that is a brilliant thing to do, especially since they're going for this like space Western vibe. It's, very Yojimbo, it's very, you know, Sanjiro, it's very, you know, the man with no name, a fistful of dollars, a few more dollars. You know, that wonderful thing that got pulled into Westerns from Japanese Jedi Geki cinema of the man with no name, and he very much is the man with no name. He is referred to constantly in the series as Mando, or Mandalorian, and he has not told us his name, though that may have been leaked in an interview, but I am one of those people that if it's not in the show, it didn't happen. So, yeah. So far, not in the show. We don't know his name. And it works. Pedro Pascal does such a good job treating the hel- using the helmet and the way light reflects off of the helmet. He has such an understanding of his body language and this is a really hard thing to do that he's able to convey emotion through body language and the way the helmet is catches the light 
so that even though you cannot see his eyes, you cannot see his face, and for the most part, he speaks in a fairly monotone voice. There's so much emotion captured in the character, and that is an amazing, amazing thing. The episodes are like 30 minutes long. We can quibble about that until the cows come home. I, I wish they were longer or that we were getting more of them because I believe there's only going to be either eight or ten episodes in the first season of The Mandalorian. And that's going to be like four hours, four or five hours of content. I, I would like more just because I really like this character. I like the characters that we've met, that we've interacted with. And I just love the world that they're showing us because they are showing us the dark underbelly of the world after Return of the Jedi. And we still don't have an idea as how far out. I would say that we are post-aftermath. From everything that's been said about what's going on with the series, I think the Battle of Jakku has already happened. And I, would, I feel fairly certain that the Battle of Jakku has already happened and that we've gone through all of the events of Aftermath and the Empire is, for the most part, gone. But there's nothing in the series that would prove me right or wrong other than the fact that we've met at least one Imperial warlord and we have the Mandalorian saying that Imperial credits aren't worth anything. So. That that just leads me to believe that we are, and oh, and the New Republic does exist. We've gotten those things confirmed in the series. So I think we're set after Aftermath, because the events of Aftermath kind of sets up the New Republic and whatnot, which for me means I hope they find some way to give me a live-action Sinjir. Please, please, please. If you bring any characters out of the books into the series, I need Sinjir. I need more of him in my life. Please, please, please give me more. And the last thing I have to say, just in utter praise of the series before I get into specifics and spoilers, is the soundtrack is amazing. Gorenson's soundtrack, I've been writing to it. I've had it on in the background a lot. It actually made it onto my rotation playlist, which is the music that just kind of surrounds me every day. The soundtrack is so good, and it is so evocative and beautiful. And I don't know, I've just got a soft spot for Ludwig Gordonson, but man, the soundtrack that he's been doing, and the fact that they're allowing him to release a soundtrack for each episode of the series is wonderful, because usually we just get kind of a compilation of like best of tracks from a TV series, if that. Being able to get an episode-by-episode breakdown is wonderful, though I do feel I have to give one warning for those who are spoiler-averse. While there's not any really big spoilers in the soundtracks, they are named tangentially to the scenes that, they're really, that they happen in, so I, I have known some things were going to happen because I listened to the soundtrack before I got a chance to watch the episode. But yeah, love this show. Now it is time for us to enter the spoiler zone because I don't think I can really say anything else without giving away something that happened somewhere between chapter one and four, which as of this recording are the only ones that are currently out. 
So if you have not seen The Mandalorian episodes one through four, and you do not want to be spoiled, now is the time that you want to check out, get your Disney Plus on, and get caught up, and then come back in for the conversation. All right? You have been warned. Spoilers are incoming in five, four, three, two, one. So, I know everybody's calling the kid Baby Yoda, and I'm not. I'm calling him Small Fry, because I am. It was the first thing, before I saw people calling him Baby Yoda on the, you know, internet, on various forums and Twitter and whatnot. Yeah, I started calling him Small Fry, and yeah, that's kind of a Indiana Jones thing. But yeah, so... Know that when I say small fry, I am referring to the baby of the family that of the species that Yoda is from. I love that they're keeping this open, that we so far have yet to get a name for the species. I hope if we do get a name for the species, since it has never been named, it's a good one and not something stupid. So far as we know, we've only met Yoda and Yaddle, which tells us that why names are very common amongst the species. The child is 50 years old, and I'm hoping, I mean, they've already shown us that he has the wisdom that you would expect for someone of his age, or her age, their age, I'll say their age, because we don't know the gender of the child, exactly, I do, I think they've called the child a he on the show, but I'm going to say they, just because I'm not 100% on that, but, oh my goodness, Seeing the kid, the fact that they used a practical puppet for most of the shots with the kid, it, it warms my heart. And I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, CG ruins everything. But Yoda is so near and dear to my heart. I mean, you know, I always tell the joke that I have the altar of Yoda in my office. And I do. I have so many Yoda, this, that, and the other thing in there. And I collect Yoda stuff because Yoda, Yoda is one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time. But one of the things that I started thinking that would be fascinating, and I know they're not going to do this, and I hope, part of me hopes that they don't do it, just because I think it would clash with some of the events in the Clone Wars, as far as canon goes. But I've kind of been wanting them to name that species the Wills. Because, I don't know if you know this or not, but... Originally, when George Lucas was working on this project, he wanted to name the series The Journal of the Wills, and each movie was going to be a chapter out of The Journal of the Wills, and that only survives into Star Wars in that in the novelization that George did for the first movie, it opens with a quote from The Journal of the Wills. And gives us our first glimpse of Palpatine on that first page of the book where the Emperor is named and is actually portrayed as a possibly, possibly sympathetic figure whose moths and governors are a big source of the problem and he just can't rein them in. Which is very interesting because that's very much the propaganda that Palpatine would have put forward about himself and his reign. But I, I, I just hope that if we do get a name for the species, it's not stupid. Just like when we finally get 
you know, Mando's name, we're okay with it because you can't build up the tension over who this person really is and then, you know, give us a silly name. And I don't think the one that Pedro Pascal said in the interview is silly. And again, not confirming it because who knows if it's the actual name or not. We, we will find out when we find out. But yeah. One of the things that I've noticed in here, and that's how much they are either pulling on resources from or have people involved that were players of Star Wars Galaxies. Because getting to see when we're in the Armorer's workshop, how much that reminded me of the Death Watch bunker and how the tools in there reminded me of some of the crafting tools and stuff that you see in game. It just, it really is reminding me a lot of stuff in the games. And that makes me very happy because I played Galaxies for a very long time and really enjoyed it and kind of want another sandbox Star Wars game or sandbox anything game that can rival the experience that I had there. I like that they're I love the pacing of the series and how we're learning about his community and about himself in the ways that we are. I am really enjoying the pacing. The, the you can tell how much money they're putting in there from um the episode with the Jawas which was hilarious and powerful and moving in so many ways. And I mean they really went all out with this series. His ship looks good. Which, by the way, is a practical effect. Again, they built a practical effect that they're accentuating with CG in there. And I th think it really does add to how real it feels. But more than anything, it feels like Star Wars in a way that I don't think the movies ever could. And this is kind of where I'm going to wrap up my kind of review here. I, I I was talking to Brian about this the other day, and I almost feel like The Mandalorian was almost a mistake on their part because giving us this long-form fiction and showing us that you can give us movie-quality Star Wars as a TV series, as an ongoing series, it kind of makes me feel a little forlorn. Like, I know we're getting a Cassian Andor series, though I think it's going to be animated. I'm not 100% on that. Though I would love if it wasn't. And I, I honestly, I don't care either way, as long as the animation is good. But I, this has shown me what I wanted Star Wars to be all along. And I know some people are saying that because they didn't like The Last Jedi or they haven't liked the sequel trilogy that much. But for me, this is Star Wars really going back to its roots. Star Wars started as a version of the 1920s and 30s serials that was being updated for the 70s audience. It was the, the, the Buck Rogers and the Flash Gordons and everything that George Lucas watched as a kid being updated. And so that serialized content really lends itself to how Star Wars is. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Clone Wars works so well for me because it really feels like that kind of classic serialized show 
and I want more like this. Like, I'm not saying I'm not going to go see The Rise of Jedi, uh, The Rise of Skywalker in the theaters. You know, I'm going to go see The Rise of Skywalker in the theaters. But from the Mudhorn to the way that they did the Jawas to the little Samurai 7-ish episode that they did on episode 4. They have shown what Star Wars is capable of being in that we can really get to know a character over time and that we can delve into this world so deeply and so beautifully and get to know its characters and it get to know it in such a tangible way. It makes me want more Star Wars series and less movies because a movie can only tell a little bit of the story because it has to keep its pacing just right. So, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be tricksy when we get to the next movie that they do after The Rise of Skywalker. Because having seen The Mandalorian, and we'll probably have um, the Cassian Andor series by then as well. I don't know. I really don't know how I'm going to feel about being limited to just an hour and a half movie. Even if it's a two-hour movie. Like, I, I I want the depth. I want the get to get to know these people better. So, I don't know. We'll have to see how all that works out. But, yeah. And I want to know what they're doing with Baby Yoda. Because I, I, I think... I know a lot of people think that the big surprise at the end of the series, the cliffhanger at the end of the series, is going to be either seeing Mando's face or learning his name that may or may not happen I think the big cliffhanger is going to be the baby Yoda is going to talk and he's going to say something that's going to make us all go oh my goodness but we'll see and I'm going to probably do some more episodes about episodes 1 through 4 because this really is kind of an overview because you know I try to keep the episodes short and I definitely will be doing episode by episode from now on I hope you enjoyed this episode if you have and you haven't already please take a moment to rate it in whatever app you're listening to me on, it does help out a lot. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. You can click that, keep it short, keep it clean. I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I am C. Dorset on both. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you have a buck you can pass my way, it really would help out a lot. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both listener support, um, community support, and my Patreon. If you can just join the project for a buck, really does help out a lot. It helps me to continue doing everything that I'm doing, and it means the world to me. If you Thank you to everybody who already does that. If you don't have the money right now, or you don't feel like giving, that's fine. It's perfectly all right. But... If you know somebody that you think would like this episode or this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. I think that's everything. Got a lot going on. And of course, I'm going to be doing Fiction Friday where I will update you on the project that I'm currently working on. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.